0: Welcome to the To Be Honest podcast. Today we are speaking with Mai Abe, who is a board certified music therapist and founder of Creative Vibes Music Therapy, which serves people of all ages and abilities in the Bay Area. Her passion for music started at a young age, which led to a dual degree in clarinet performance and psychology at the Eastman School of Music at the University of Rochester. Her decision to pursue music therapy culminated from a desire to better understand the role music played in her own mental health journey, both positive and negative. She went on to pursue her master music therapy equivalency at Loyola University New Orleans. Her mission with Creative Vibes is to enhance the strengths and abilities of each individual through creating strong, authentic relationships within our music. So welcome to the podcast, Mai. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. So before we start, um, I want to ask every guest, to be honest, how are you doing today? To be honest, um, I'm doing actually really
1: great today. I worked out this morning for the first time and like who knows how long. So I'm feeling really good.
0: Yeah, the blood is pumping, got the <laughs> energy got going. going yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Great. Um, so I want to start by getting to know a bit about your background. So would you mind talking about how you got involved with music?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Man, music has been a huge part of my life ever since I can remember. Like one of my earliest memories is sitting my mom down and I was like, all right, you're going to be Aladdin. I'm going to be Jasmine and we're going to do, we're going to be singing some Disney right now. (laughs) Um, And, for a, a long time, especially when I was growing up as a teenager, um, I really struggled a lot with feeling like I had some autonomy and independence, um, like like many teenagers. But music felt like the only thing that I had was that I was truly, truly mine. So that was such a huge thing for me. Um, then I ended up going to do my undergrad in clarinet performance and psychology at, East, at the Eastman School of Music um halfway through i just was feeling so burnt out like i loved performing for a, for so long and i wanted to be a performer for ever since i could remember but then all of a sudden like performing was not fun anymore i was getting really stressed out before i had to perform um and i was so focused on the product rather than enjoying the process and that's what's really you know what's so important and beautiful about music is the process so so yeah, that was how I got into music therapy because music was both my biggest source of self-doubt, but it was also one of my biggest coping mechanisms.
0: Yeah, that's really great. I love how you fused like your both your passion um, into something that you could help others with. Um, yeah, so would you mind talking a bit about what music therapy is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So music therapy is the purposeful use of music to achieve non-musical goals by board certified music therapists. And that's just a really fancy definition, but basically we utilize all aspects of music. So it can be playing music, active music, making improvisation, or we could be discussing song lyrics, um, just listening to music together, um, creating music together that we use all those aspects of music. And as the music therapist, we choose a music experience based on each client's needs, their goals, and their objectives. So this is the, what the most important part of music therapy is, is that we're really working on achieving these non-musical goals. And so typically there are five, five or six different goal areas that we have. So those are social, communication, emotional, physical, spiritual, and cognitive. And so some examples of those goals can look like uh, community building, um, a big one that we've been really working on recently, especially during COVID has been combating isolation, you know, really just feeling like we're part of a community and being able to connect with others despite not being able to be in person um different coping skills um with little little ones i do a lot of turn taking um awareness of others um and some some people even don't realize that music therapy can also work on physical goals like lateral movement um i've done some work with stroke patients where uh, we'll work on being able to walk getting that rhythm of walking back together um treatment motivation and reinforcing daily living skills those are just some of the goals that we might be able to
0: do in music therapy awesome so who who is like the general population that you work with and then second part of that is who benefits from music therapy
1: yeah so i typically my primary populations that i work with i do a lot of work with seniors Uh, A lot of work with children um, and adults with varying abilities, and as well as teens and adults in mental health and behavioral health treatment, specifically in depression, anxiety, and substance use disorders. Those are the most common diagnoses that I see coming up in my work. Um, But really, like everybody can benefit from music therapy. And that's what I love about it, is that because music is such a universal thing, you know, we all have some sort of connection with music, right? Like, whether it's, oh, we don't like a certain kind of music, or, you know, we really love something. And that is what's so powerful about it is that it really evokes an emotional response in everybody.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And how do you become a music therapist?
1: Yeah, so becoming a music therapist can be kind of a long journey. So I actually did it a little bit of a roundabout way. Um, so I did my bachelor's in music performance and psychology, and then I went on to do my master's in music therapy equivalency, which is kind of like um, you take all the bachelor degree requirements, and then you also tack on like a few uh, master's level requirements as well. Um, but typically, you can get a bachelor's degree in music therapy. And then once you, during your four years of schooling, you'll go through, I would say like at least four or five practicums. And those are like three or four months where you go to a certain site for once a week and you get to actually practice and implement, you know, implementing music therapy sessions. And then once you do that, once you finish with school, you have to go on to your internship. And so that's about a six six to nine month program uh 1200 hours where you really dive deep into you know it's basically a full-time job where you just dive deep into really becoming a music therapist honing your skills really getting used to actually implementing and planning and everything like that and then once you do that you have to take a board exam which is like the penultimate like the scariest thing you know uh it's like uh i can't remember it's like a hundred and 80 question exam or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, but then once you once you pass that, then you get your uh, music therapist board certification, and then you can finally practice as a music therapist.
0: Yeah, that sounds like like you said a very long process, but very <laughs> very worth it in the end yeah, for the absolutely. work that you do. Absolutely. Um, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit and talk about your own personal journey with mental health, and mm-hmm. I know we kind of mentioned your introduction your transition from being a clarinet performer to, um, switching to music therapy. So would you mind touching on that transition a little bit and your experience with mental health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always had an interest in music and psychology, you know, since I was very, very young. Um, and really the transitionary point for me, I think was, um, I ended up failing my jury. Um, and your jury is, um, like your final exam for your instrument so it's it's like a, it's kind of a big deal <laughs> that you really fail um and I remember I was just devastated like t- just totally questioning you know what what am I doing like is this really what I want to be doing um you know am I meant to be you know just feeling so much self-doubt uh, really took a hit on my self-esteem um and then my mom actually It was like the day that I found out we went to Dunkin' Donuts. She got me a little Dunkin' sandwich, a little pity sandwich. And um, she was like, you know, um, have you ever thought about music therapy? Like, do you know what that is? Um, And I had heard of it a little bit before. I actually had a few friends in high school that had gone on to pursue music therapy. Never really thought that that was something that I would personally be interested. I was so focused on being, you know, oh, I'm going to be a performer and this is who I am. and This is what I'm going to do. Um, But, you know, after she said that, I started exploring it a little bit more and it just it just made sense to me. You know, what I love about music therapy is. Again, it's not focused on the product, it's really focused on the connections that you create with each other, being together within a musical experience um, and just the fact that we're here creating music whether whether you know it's good quote-unquote good or bad what's most important is that is the process and that is
0: that is what was most important to me yeah that's really great and I think you also touched on something that our audience can probably relate to a lot which is maybe not knowing or even if you do know like your life path and you know exactly what job you want to have there are some people that may not know what job they want to have and go through like a transition of mm-hmm. finding their new path and what they're passionate about. So mm-hmm. I think your journey really speaks to that and thank you. how you, you started one way and thought maybe you would do something with music directly. And then mm-hmm. you still are doing something with music directly, but mm-hmm. in a different, in a different sense, but yes. you still, you found your path along the way. And I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And very relatable.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was just, it's so funny because if you yeah. had told me, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you you might not be a performer. I would have been like, that is crazy. What are you talking about? Like, this is, this is who I am. So I'm just grateful that I was introduced to that and grateful that I allowed myself to be flexible and allowed myself to explore other options.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, So as a music therapist, what sets you apart from a performer or educator?
1: Yeah. So that's, that's like the biggest question that I hear all the time. So I like to call music therapy. So the difference between a performer, I would say is that a performer really focuses on the technical and expressive aspects of music. So you, you, the ultimate goal as a performer is that you're, you're creating music. You're putting your own interpretation of this music and expressing it and showing that to your audience, right? It's a performance. What, The difference is that they're not trained in the therapeutic aspects of music. So, for example, they might not be able to utilize the repertoire that they have to achieve these non-musical goals that the clients can implement outside of the time that they spent together. Really, the goal is that they're listening and listening in this musical experience together, which is great. You know, that's that's a wonderful thing. But another thing that's different is that as a performer, you're not really trained in noticing and responding to the different psychological aspects of each client. So, for example, one time I had a client in a session and we were just doing it was we were doing a song. I can't remember exactly what song it is, but all of a sudden they just lost it they were sobbing crying and I was like oh my gosh like oh what did I do Um, and that's the thing about music is that music can be really triggering because it's so powerful both positively and negatively so as a performer you know if someone someone did that in in a performance you'd be like oh god like what do I do Um, but as a music therapist uh, we have the training where we can respond to that you know we can help them regulate themselves and help the group regulate and, and not let that distract from the time that we have together. The difference between an educator is that um, an educator really focuses on teaching certain skills related to music. So that can be like note reading, rhythm, musicality, um, learning how to play instruments. And Though that, that can all be useful outside of sessions and that those are some things that we do, um, cover in music therapy. The main goal as a teacher is to just impart that musical knowledge. Whereas as a music therapist, you know, we might work on rhythm, but the reason why we work on rhythm is because we want them to be able to walk in a more, um, what's that called? Walk in a more rhythmic way or uh, they would be able to use that outside of the sessions that we have together so i think that's really the biggest difference between all of them
0: yeah so almost using music as a tool to build on life skills absolutely and yeah i really like that yeah thank you for making that distinction okay um so Let's talk about the work you do now a bit. So would you mind talking about the company or business that you started? Yeah, absolutely. So um,
1: my company is called Creative Vibes Music Therapy. We are a resource-oriented music therapy practice. And what resource-oriented means is that we really focus on the individual's strengths and abilities rather than seeing them as the diagnosis and what they need fixed. So I, I think like that's just so important to me, uh, as, as a human being, I think that that's so important to really focus on what are we capable of? And it's so much more motivating for my clients that they, they are able to have these success oriented, uh, activities and interventions and that they can expand on them and that they know that somebody believes in them. Uh, so a lot of the work, again, we do a lot of work with children and adults, with varying abilities and teens and adults and mental and behavioral health treatment. Right now, because I am the founder, I do a lot more advocacy work. So I do a lot of speaking with others about music therapy and its benefits.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're, you're I don't want to say all over the place, but you're doing a lot at <laughs> okay. once, which sounds very busy, but very yeah. rewarding at the same time. Okay, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, so what is the best part of being a music therapist?
1: I think the best part is that I'm able to utilize something that I really love and that I really believe in and that I I can use that to connect with others. And that's just so amazing to me. I think that that's such so beautiful.
0: And how do you think that uh, I've touched on this a little bit, but how do you think that um, music benefits people struggling with behavioral health issues?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so crazy. There's so much music therapy research out there that shows how beneficial even just listening to music can be so listening to our preferred music produces dopamine which controls the reward centers in our brain and it's crazy because just listening has this effect we don't have to play we don't have to engage it's just just being in that space um and it's also been shown to to decrease pain uh, pain, ma- uh, to help in pain management, both physical and emotional pain management. And there's a few different theories about why that could be. One reason is that it could be just be a distraction from the pain that we're feeling. Uh, when we have a rhythmic structure within music, it helps us to release tension and it can be a stimulus for deep breathing and all that allows for better pain management. Another really wonderful thing about music is that it can represent emotional states, and it can increase our emotional understanding in each other. So, again, it's like, you know, there's times where you've heard a song and it just really brings you back. Or you can really relate to somebody, somebody really loves a song and they have like certain lyrics that really mean so much to them. And that's what's beautiful about music is that it can provide a space where words
0: fail. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like. I don't know about you, but yeah, music. I feel like sometimes I'll listen to a song. was like, how did they know I was feeling that way? Right, right. <laughs> like, how is that possible? It's like they're reading my mind. So exactly. it's really cool that music has that power over okay. people and like it connects people in different ways. Um, would you mind chatting about your YouTube channel and what you're doing with that? Yeah, so we started that
1: um, last year. Uh, We're actually up to almost 650 subscribers, which is crazy. Um, Yeah. yeah. But what we really like to focus on is it's all about questions about music therapy. So I do a lot of music therapy advocacy on it. I do a lot of music psychology too. So um, like how advertisements use music to make us buy things or you know how music has an effect on our brains and I also post a lot of music therapy interventions up there so uh, right when COVID happened we started posting uh, the free 30-minute music groups on YouTube for for kids between three and eight so there's a lot of uh, examples of how I utilize music therapy and how I would typically run a session on there as
0: well. Very cool. I love how it's like you're like an entrepreneur. <laughs> you like start your own business, your YouTube channel, and yeah, people. Yeah. It's yeah, something that everyone can benefit from. So it's out there for free for people to watch. Yes. Yes. Um, how do you think youth can use music to positively impact their mental health?
1: Yeah, I, there's just so many awesome ways. You know, music is a way where we can connect and inspire each other, right? i I remember when I was a teenager, and I'm sure sure you've had this experience before too where I meet somebody and I'm like what kind of music do you like and then they tell me and I'm like oh okay I I see you know I see I see who you are and that's just what's so interesting about music is that it can be such a defining part of who we are um when we listen to music mindfully and what I mean by that is that we really just sit down no distractions and really focus on the music that we're listening to when we're more, more mindful of how The music that we're listening to, how that music affects us—you know, what what kind of memories, feelings, what comes up for us—then we can really utilize that music to our advantage. So, an example of that is we can create playlists. So, this—a playlist, a mood management playlist—utilizes a music therapy technique called the ISO principle, which is where we start from our mood state right now. So for example, um, if we want to create a playlist to help us calm down, so a mood state would be, you know, I'm feeling angry. So what are some music that I would listen to when I'm feeling angry? What, what comes up for me? And then through that playlist, we'll slowly start bringing that down to a state where where do we want to be at the end of the playlist we want to be calm okay so what are some music What's some transitionary music where i feel kind of in between angry and calm and then what are some music that i listen to when i do feel calm and those playlists can really help and aid in emotional and mood regulation and that's a really easy thing that we can all implement at home together
0: definitely especially right now with everyone still sheltering in place and trying Mm -hmm. to you know be socially distant i feel like Mm -hmm. music And I don't know about many people, but for me, at least it's Mm -hmm. been something I've definitely been drawn to during this time to kind of help, you know, go through the, go through the emotions of isolation and stress and just being overwhelmed with all the news and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so music can definitely be helpful, especially depending on the mood you're in.
1: Yeah, and it's cool. I think Spotify just started doing this thing where um, you can listen to music together, like oh. with friends, which is really cool. Oh, you know, you can oh, all yeah. create a playlist together and you can listen to yeah. it, which I think is really awesome.
0: That's really cool. Connecting people in a virtual, digital way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so let's talk about mental health and behavioral health in a larger sense. Um, why do you think that teenagers and young adults avoid the conversation around mental health?
1: Yeah, I think you know, for I can't speak for them, but I feel like for me, it it can be really scary and overwhelming to talk about it and I I have a thing where I really struggle with negative self talk, and with negative self talk, it really makes us feel isolated. It makes us feel like no one understands or cares. And when we are in that state of mind, then it's really hard to to start that conversation, you know. And it's hard for others to reach out because they're not going to understand unless you unless you ask for help. And I think that that's what's so difficult about this conversation is that asking for help is scary, and and noticing when others need help can be scary as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's also such a, I think for a lot of youth, it's probably an unfamiliar feeling. So when they're feeling something different than what they, they're used to, I feel like that's probably scary. And also mm-hmm. it's just like, you don't want to share that with someone else. You don't want to seem different. Or right. Like,
1: right. Like that's kind of a norm. Exactly. like, Oh, that's not normal. Like, Oh God. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. What can we do collectively to erase the stigma around behavioral health?
1: I think just, we just need to keep talking about it. The more that we talk about our own experiences, the more that others realize that oh, like oh, I've I've felt that way before, or I've had an experience like that before. It's it's when we feel less isolated that we can really start to erase that stigma because we're re- the more that we feel connected,
0: the less there is the stigma around that. Definitely, yeah. We just need to normalize it. If it's yes. just a physical illness. It's the exactly. same thing. You know, exactly. You just can't see it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that there's a way that the Santa Clara County community could better address behavioral health for teens and young adults?
1: Yeah. I mean, I love what you're doing with this podcast here, right? I, oh, I really, you. I really think that things like this, we can do a lot more of this and um, mm-hmm. more community outreach like this, where we really start to, to talk about and, and normalize again, like mm-hmm. normalizing, normalize, normalize. Like that is, I think the number one thing that we need to be doing right now.
0: Definitely. I, agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And why do you think music therapy is essential for behavioral health? Yeah, I think
1: music therapy is just so amazing because it can meet people where they're at. Not only can it help us process and express our emotions, but it can also help create a safe environment where we can feel free to build healthy relationships with not only with ourselves, but with others, right? I, I also really believe that music therapy is so empowering. Uh, for me when I run sessions, I, I the most important thing for me is that I give my clients autonomy. They get a choice, they get a say. You know, I'm not gonna come in and be like, this is we're doing this today and you know, you don't get any say in it. Like you are the expert of your own experience. And music is so flexible in that it can appeal to you in any any emotional state, any any place that you're in, any It it creates safety for you. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that answer. Thank you. And what advice would you give to youth experiencing mental health issues right now?
1: It's okay to ask for help. And actually, I want to say, instead of saying okay, I want to say it's actually really brave, incredibly brave of you to ask for help.
0: And you should be proud of yourself. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like any, no matter what your age, you don't want to feel like a burden to anyone else Mm -hmm. when you're going through anything. So reaching out for help feels like so much, it's like a lot on your shoulders, but Mm -hmm. it's necessary for you to either, you know, talk out what you're feeling or Mm -hmm. seek the help that you need. Um, Because those around you love you and care about you Mm -hmm. and want you to succeed and want you to be healthy. So um, you won't be a burden to anyone. Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) And you know, when you do ask for help, It's like setting boundaries, right? I I love doing boundary work, but when we set, we need, when we set boundaries, we actually have to state them because nobody will know. Nobody will know what's going on inside of you or what you're feeling unless you actually express it. And that is the best way to establish healthy relationships is when we set and state
0: what we need. Exactly. I just, I literally just posted that on the TV on his Instagram yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I was, I said something along the lines of you have to communicate your boundaries because how else will anyone know them? You know, like people can't read your mind and it's a really hard conversation to have sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's necessary for your uh, own mental health. Exactly. Uh, I like to ask every guest, um, what's something you do every day to take care of your mental health?
1: Yeah. Um, so I started doing this, Right at the beginning of the year, this was my New Year's resolution, but three things I'm grateful for every night. Um, and that has like really just changed. I really think has been really beneficial for me. And I, when I say three things that I'm grateful for, I really like, I don't like to be like, Oh, you know, I'm grateful for the, the nice weather. I'm grateful for the people around me. You know, I really like to focus on like what happened to me today or what did I do today that I am truly grateful for? And when you allow yourself to feel grateful, then you then you allow yourself to just you know be happy um, c- especially because I again like I've struggled a lot with negative self talk and feeling like I'm not doing enough and oh like I should have done this and I should have done that and when I sit down and I think three things that I'm grateful for then I actually allow myself to be proud of the things that I've actually
0: accomplished definitely yeah I think that's a great activity especially right now when it sometimes our days feel a little, you know, repetitive. So Uh I think really diving deep and thinking of like, what are you grateful for? Like Uh throughout that day is really, really important. Yeah, exactly. So tell us something that you're looking forward to about the future, whether it's your business your YouTube channel, or just personally something that you're looking forward to.
1: Yeah. So business wise, uh, we actually just hired someone which is so exciting thank you so we're really looking forward to just being able to expand and just continue Mm -hmm. providing music therapy services for more people in the bay area um personally i'm really looking forward to just being able to finally go out and listen to live music and perform again and play live music again with people that's what i'm really looking forward to
0: yeah. Have you guys had to adapt during COVID times with music therapy? Is it virtual now or how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we were doing a lot of virtual right when everything happened. Um, we're slowly moving back into more in-person sessions. That uh, We do a lot of outdoor, socially distanced sessions. Um, and we do, um, yeah, outdoor and socially distanced sessions. Yeah.
0: So thank you, Maya, for being on the podcast. Um, would you mind sharing where people can go to learn more about you and the work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're interested in services, music
1: therapy services for either yourself or for a facility or group, you can go to my website. It's creative vibes MT, M as in music, T as in therapy.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, we're the same name, creative vibes MT. Uh, throughout all social media as well
0: awesome thank you so much and i hope we can chat again soon thanks so much
1: talk to you soon Bye. bye
0: If you were able to join us for the whole episode, thank you so much for listening. We are so grateful to have you and hope you choose to keep listening as we continue to share stories from youth and young adults in Santa Clara County. If you would like to learn more about To Be Honest and our podcast, please visit tobehonest.today. Our website has everything from mental health education to an online screening tool, resources, and so much more. And if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast and would like to share your own experience with behavioral health, please email us at tbh.today at gmail.com. We also have all of this information in the show notes, so we hope to talk to you soon. Bye.